0: Bubbles and Brisket 2022. That's right. It's the second annual Bubbles and Brisket brought to you by the North Carolina Food and Beverage Podcast, coming to you at Smoky Hollow in downtown Raleigh. This year, we have 11 Q chefs doing their take on brisket
1: and 21 different sparkling wines and champagne. And not to
0: mention that, we're also doing beer by Crafton. Hey! And non-alcoholic beverages from Devil's Foot Beverage and Orangina. Plus,
1: we have desserts from Bestow Baked Goods and Bold Batch Creamery.
0: Our friend Sam Suchoff of Lady Edison Ham is just going to be slicing delicious ham, because why not?
1: Hey, wait, do I have to pay for everything separately? No, it's all-inclusive,
0: Matt. You get one (sighs) ticket, one price, all the fun, by just going to our website, ncfbpodcast.com. So act now to get your tickets. Brought to you by the NCFB and U.S. Foods. Triangle Wine Company. Raleigh Magazine. Food Scene. And Devil's Foot Beverage Company. Bubbles and Brisket on June 4th from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m.
1: This is the North Carolina Food and Beverage Podcast. Thank you for listening, subscribing, and hitting subscribe on your friend's phone without them knowing. Coming to you from the kitchen studios in downtown Raleigh. This episode is sponsored in part by Spot On, tech that helps your business grow.
0: Request a demo at spoton.com. And Joe Van Gogh Coffee, serving the community from seed to cup, taking particular care at every step to honor the bean. And now, forgetting to
1: refill your water, it's Max Trujillo and
0: Matthew Weiss. And thank you for listening to the North Carolina Food and Beverage Podcast. I am your co-host, Max Trujillo. And
1: I am your co-host, Matthew Weiss. And my mic is hot because we are going to talk about some spicy Italian food. This new take on Italian food that has just revolutionized the uh, RDU area here in the Triangle. Yeah, And here to talk about it is uh, the owner, Mr. Jimmy Young Kim, or you might just want to call him Jimmy. Say hello, Jimmy. So hello, hello, everyone. Hello, Jimmy. Thank you for having us. Yeah, the man responsible for bringing this concept to the area. And then uh, the chef, the the newly appointed chef, not so new anymore as uh, it's a few months in, but uh, of the Raleigh location, Cucciolo Terraza up in North Hills, Chef Alex Ricci. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show, Alex.
2: Yep. <laughs> yep. glad, glad you guys had me. You, you know, were we on, it, yeah. We, we had, had you on banned. like a,
0: a super secret, uh, little like um promo spot that we did one time with Bedlam Vodka and Bobby McFarland and yourself. Yeah. You were doing a fire and ice event at Mira Sushi back in the day,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was a great event. Uh, I think it was for the Tammy Lynn Center at the time. That's so, correct, yeah. yeah.
0: We also, uh, Jesse, Jesse, I believe from Bedlam just brought, brought his massive intimidating pit bull to run (laughs) wild in the studio. I'm like, and, and let this be known, I'm now a dog person, but back in the day I was not a dog person. And I was like, what is this dog doing here? And he's like, Mm. what brought my dog? No big deal. I'm like, I love when people think it's no big deal to bring a massive, intimidating, scary-looking animal just to eat around with you wherever you go.
2: You know what's funny is like him and I were roommates and he didn't have a dog. I think it was just he was just dog sitting somebody's dog. <laughs> it mat. wasn't even his dog. No, it wasn't even his dog. Yeah. Like, let, me so, let me bring a random dog. Let me bring somebody else's dog with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is great.
0: Well, anyhow, much has happened even since that time because that was probably 2018 or maybe late or early 2019. But geez, you have been all over the place, chef.
2: Yeah, I went. I went to Vegas for a while. Yeah, um, Rahman and I had a project out there for a little bit, and uh, you know, COVID took its toll. But you know, I found my way back home, which you know is great. And Vegas is is a lovely city to cook in. It's hot. But, yeah. you know, so it was very. Uh, were you cooking it? I didn't. Were you cooking it in a casino over there? Oh or? yeah, I was in the Bellagio. Oh yeah. Nice. So
0: you know, I went to the Bellagio. This is how old I am. I went to the Bellagio on Bellagio's opening weekend for my twenty-first birthday. That's how old this huh. old guy is, and I was probably the first person to ever throw up in the bathrooms at the Bellagio Hotel. <laughs> Congratulations. Congratulations! Yeah, You're welcome. yeah. yeah. Unofficially,
1: yes. Yeah. This is a, a topic for another podcast, but you're middle-aged. I don't know why you keep wanting to uh, expedite your age. You're middle-aged.
0: Well, we're the same age, which is why... Yeah, you, they, we're
1: middle-aged. We're yeah. not old guys. I might feel like an old guy today, you might feel like, but we're middle-aged. <laughs> Speaking of two middle-aged guys who actually love football, I noticed in your in your resume... You once cooked for the Jacksonville Jaguars.
2: I did, yeah. I was uh, with Levy Restaurant Group for a while, which is ultimately how I ended up coming to North Carolina. uh, Because through that whole transition, I had met Giorgio Bakasha. And then Giorgio had brought me to Asheville, essentially, for Golden Fleece. Okay. And so that was uh, the project that Giorgio and I had worked on back in – I want to say that was – end of 2014. Okay. And uh, that ultimately led to me being in North Carolina, like officially, and he basically gave me my start here as, as a chef. So
1: That's a good start. Cool. We just uh, announced him uh, back, we were emceeing the NCRLA Stars of the Industry Awards, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. Giorgio got a lot of time to speak, uh, but yeah, but he was well-deserved.
0: <laughs> I loved before we got on the show, we were backstage, Giorgio says to us, how much time do I have to speak? <laughs> and I go, uh oh. <laughs> if you're asking that <laughs> up at the top, it's going to be a while. But uh, he had a lot of people to
1: thank, though. He took his time, and yeah. he,
0: yeah, he got his point across. But it was great. No, we love Giorgio Yeah, he's, everybody does. Good guy. Um, he, yeah, he won Restaurant Tour of the Year, and he's been planning to open six more restaurants this year. Yeah, that's like the him. plan. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is nuts. Um, but okay, so Chef Alex, you, uh, I was trying to figure it out. And time to update your Facebook page, because you're not living in Vegas any longer.
2: No. no I, I
0: assume not. Uh, but are you from Florida, or are you from Chicago?
2: So I was born in Chicago, lived there till I was about 14, and then I okay. lived in Florida until I was 28. Okay. So split okay. the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your mom had
1: two restaurants in Chicago?
2: Yeah, she had uh, something called the Taproot Pub okay. back in the day, and uh, my dad had a concept with my Uncle Tim called the Double Bubble the and double bubble double bubble yeah what was so, the what was the concept there i was young so i people drinking i, I mean i would assume <laughs> getting rowdy There's a bunch of irish people and italians just you know yelling at each other over a football team you know that's, so that All sounds
0: right. awesome. Yeah, it was my first job it in Chicago.
2: Like a, yeah, it was my first job as a busboy there for like a Super Bowl, and it was just like people throwing plates of food at each other across the uh, the bar. <laughs> so. And
0: somehow you said,
2: "Yeah, yeah, I want to sw- do this. <laughs> this. This is, this is, the is the where sounds, I belong." Sounds good, Dad.
0: <laughs> yeah, so you're a you're a lifer. This is this has been in your blood since the beginning. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. It's cool, man. You know, my family we were always just uh, very food oriented, like. It was uh, required to be there on Sundays at grandma's house and like sit down and eat and listen to stories of, you know, just old timers, especially Italians love to talk. So, you know, we don't really shut up when we get going. (laughs) Much like the Greeks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Way to tie it
1: back. Um, Okay, so that that explains what brought you to North Carolina. So Mm -hmm. Giorgio discovered you, brought you said you got to come to North Carolina and then you were working in Asheville and then. You came up to this area to work for Google Huff?
2: No, no, no. I was at Google Huff for uh, um, a very short amount of time. I think it was just more or less just creative differences there. You know, um, lo- a lovely facility, lovely lady, uh, but, you know, just wasn't my cup of tea as far as, like, cuisine. You know, I'm not German-trained or anything like that. So it was just uh, a little out of my wheelhouse, so we both decided that it was best for me to, like, go somewhere else. Right on. So,
0: right on. yeah. Well, yeah, we don't need to go through your entire resume, but you've, you've gotten around, you've worked at some of the best restaurants around here. You've rubbed elbows with some pretty elite chefs as well. So what, with all that experience and that, that kind of mixture with influence, both from Florida and Chicago, you're out there in Vegas, you're doing things with so many different places. What, what is your food? What what do you consider to be your kind of style of food?
2: Well, you know, for for the most part I would say that I'm very Mediterranean focused. Um And specifically like Italian cuisines, you know, things that are true to my heart, though, are, you know, Puerto Rican cuisine as well. I am half Puerto Rican. Hmm. Um, And that was actually what led into Kevin Ruiz, you know, doing his concept was, you know, him and I were talking one day and I said, you know, there's no fine dining Puerto Rican chefs in town. And uh Yeah, not at all. I said, you know, no one's gonna ever take me seriously as a Puerto Rican chef. My last name is Ricci and I everybody knows I cook Italian cuisine, so I can never <laughs> go into that. And that, you know, Nietzsche I said, so you, you gotta do it. You gotta be the one that pulls it off. And uh now he's doing pendito. And I was yeah. like... Yeah, he's so. scheduled
0: on the show. He'll be on the show in a couple of weeks. So oh, look out for that.
2: That's wonderful. I'm going to pop in and harass him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got... I got. I got uh, actually, Jimmy, you were there too. We got last week
1: a little preview of the menu there. It was pretty freaking awesome, yeah. I will say. Yeah. Really good food.
2: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to go, supposedly. I, I don't remember. I guess he told me when we were both drunk, you know, <laughs> to, to make my way over there. But, uh, you know. Things happen. I'm sure you'll have a
1: chance to eat his food, but, oh, yeah. uh, but yeah. So, okay. So that makes sense of, of like where your wheelhouse is. And so let's take it back for a second. So Jimmy, you created uh Cuccio, Osteria Cucciolo mm-hmm. originally the Durham location. Yes. Uh, you're, you're, you're a Korean guy. Yep, shocking man. and but you open an, an Italian restaurant.
3: Yep. So it's an interesting story. Uh, the the original concept uh, was made by my cousin in Korea back in 2015, and I was visiting home, went to eat at his place because well, it's my cousin's, but I had no expectation whatsoever. But I was uh, seriously blown away by his food. And half jokingly after dinner, I was like, you know what? I would love to open one up in Durham. Mm -hmm. And more I thought about it, more it made sense. So I started talking with my cousin a little more seriously. He was very supportive. And then I um, broke that idea to my wife. And she goes, are you crazy or something? Like you're Korean trying to open an Italian <laughs> yeah. restaurant like who's gonna take you seriously? <laughs> yeah uh, and she was not the only one. all my friends, everyone's like are you like you you must have lost a few bolts in your head
0: <laughs> like it makes sense in Korea to open
3: it, but yes, yeah, but I hear yes. it like yeah. you're like but I'm gonna come out here but yeah, why not? Yeah. And I was like, listen, like, there's a lot of white juice uh, making sushis, too. Like, what's the difference? Right? Right yeah. Point, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> I, I kind of just pushed through. Uh, luckily, uh, it worked. So... I have a question, though, to take it back... Why did your
1: cousin cook Italian food was he did he travel through Italy in his Italian train? So we
3: actually both lived in Europe for a long time okay. So he lived in England for about fifteen years. I lived in Switzerland for about nine years but you know Europe is like traveling between states uh, right and the states like you travel all the time yeah. culture is. Yeah, like you get to experience like, a lot of different cultures. Exactly. And, yeah. So it's, it's kind of the comfort food uh, I grew up as well uh, in my childhood. So it was definitely a cuisine mm. I was very familiar with. So, yeah, that's how And it's. so,
0: but—so are you—forgive th- th- me, like, if I, I don't know as much about your background— but are, were you the chef there? I mean, were you cooking? were you did you go to culinary school or did, is that part of your
3: background? No, not at all. So I basically trained with my cousin for a couple months in Korea to really get familiar because I realized that if I don't know how to cook, then the the success rate is gonna the, the chance of success is gonna be much lower. Yeah. So I put that time to train with him. And obviously, I had uh, quite a bit of help uh, from his side at the beginning. Uh, once we found our footing, but after that, yes, I did spend quite a bit of time in Durham in the kitchen Yeah, but once we opened Kuchola Terrazza, obviously Alex joined um, <clears throat> The team from day one and obviously I was not gonna waste his talent Yeah, so
1: yeah, so, so also what were you doing before you opened up you were you were a Duke, right?
3: Yes, so uh, I I'm a double Dukie so did undergrad and MBA um I majored in computer science and French studies, so great culinary education. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Well, French studies, I mean. (laughs) Maybe, yeah. Yeah. And then I went back to Korea, had to do my uh, military service, uh, and came back in 2010 for MBA. Okay. How long was the military service? uh, So it was two years, but um, I worked in the private sector instead of actually doing uh, active duty. So after my service was over, I stuck around for a few more years to kind of, you know, k- keep things going a little bit. You still have to go through boot camp? and Yes, yeah. yes, boot camp. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was fun in July in Korea. yeah oh, I can imagine. <laughs> so, yeah, after that I came back and during MBA, I was kind of trying to figure out what I was going to do next. And I already had an interest in the uh, restaurant business. So I kind of dove head first without any experience, any knowledge, and had opened basically a Chipotle concept with uh, Korean food, uh, made all the rookie mistakes that you possibly can. So uh, that didn't work out very well, but um, it laid a lot of foundation was a huge learning um, lesson for me to, uh, Pursued the next project. Yeah. So I always say that was the best tuition I've uh, ever paid. Yeah. when right. My parents fa- ever pay.
1: Failing at your first. Yes. Yes. Venture. Huh, yeah. That's good advice. Yeah. Uh, you know, Max. I don't know if you remember this, but uh, we were actually introduced to Cucciolo early on mm, when yeah. you first opened. Was it 2018? 2018. 2018. Yeah. Uh, good friend of the show uh, and super fan of the show mm. swore up Bendio Oh yeah. Uh, said, good
0: pronunciation.
1: Thank you. He said to right. you. Uh, You know, I got to tell you, one of this Italian place that I'm really digging and you guys should check out is Cucciolo
0: right and, and then uh, uh, yeah that was the the unusual narrative because he's like yeah it's actually run by a Korean guy I'm yeah. like really that's intriguing how does that work and then Jimmy was like hard to get
1: yeah he was we were trying to reach yeah. out to
0: you Thank- and
1: thankfully though I
3: had some good burgundies that he wanted that's so what that was it was a, that <laughs> crazy yeah. relationship he was yeah. like
0: oh, I don't know if I'm mm-hmm. gonna waste my time mm-hmm. with this podcast no he's yeah. not
3: he's uh, not a waste of time he's just I'm not very good at public speaking mm-hmm. or I you a great recording. Job. And I mean, having a you know, a little bit of backup here <laughs> definitely makes can to comfortable yeah. on board. Well,
0: yeah. I do wanna say I um I actually had an experience at Cucciola Toraza recently, but mm. before I get into that experience, mm, yeah. which was Really, really freaking cool. Uh, I do want to take a quick break just to talk about some of the people that keep the lights on in our space. Yeah, and speaking of that, now you have
1: two restaurants. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine how hard it is to keep everything in one place and keep it all together from your front-of-the-house POS to your payroll to your inventory systems. Well... I can tell you that our friends at Spot On can help you with all of that. They can streamline it. They put it on an app. Whatever you need, they basically custom built a system for you. The people at Spot On are awesome to work with, and they are great friends of the show. So please give them a call if you ever need any help with your restaurant systems. Um, and it's a really easy call because Tanya Manibo is a mm-hmm. local Uh, Person. She lives actually out in the Emerald Isle, but she's in the Triangle all the time. And her phone number is 858-213-7820. That's Tanya Manibo, 858-213-7820. Or if you feel more comfortable emailing, you can just go Tanya M, that's T-A-N-Y-A-M, at spoton.com.
0: Yeah, and before we get back into it, let's uh, let's sip a little bit of this coffee we have in front of us, gents. This is uh, our Joe Van Gogh Organic Food for Farmers blend, which oh, I really love this one. You can get right off the top a little milk chocolate, but then you get like some citrus, like a lemon zest in there, expertly brewed by uh, Elizabeth over here, who's standing on a chair, probably going to fall. If you hear a big thud, that's her. Um, but this particular blend... Uh, Joe Van Gogh has partnered with Food for Farmers, which is a nonprofit that addresses food security in coffee communities and to bring you the new cause for coffee, which creates a real impact for farmers and their families. For each 12-ounce bag that is purchased, Joe Van Gogh will donate 50 cents to Food for Farmers, a nonprofit that addresses the food security around the world. So to learn more information, go to jovango.com and go pick up a bag yourself delicious that
1: might be my new favorite Mm. blend of joe van
0: gogh Mm -hmm. that's really delicious it's awesome all right so um by the way you're welcome for the experience that uh that was provided i only kid around but my friend invited me to a private birthday party at cucciolo terrazza probably like a month ago and it's a it was my daughter's friend's mom's birthday but now we're all friends so it was my friend's party and uh, I I cut out of crafting a little early that night and I had to make a quick change in my car because it was apparently real swanky over there at Cucciolo North Hills you can't walk in with a t-shirt that says crafting on it so I had to go throw on a nice pressed shirt and jumped in there Uh, as I'm walking in to this beautiful I mean the bar is is beautiful the dining room is well lit it's it's just it's it's, it's to uh, Louis Cherry, isn't it? Did yes. Did it yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Former guest of the show, Louis yeah. Cherry, one yeah. of our yeah. favorite architects. The architect,
3: and the designer was uh, Laura Cuchel, who is um, uh, from LK Design. Oh, She's right. She's a neighbor, friend, and it's the fourth project we've done together. So, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. it shows. For, for those of you who don't know, it's yeah. it's
1: stunningly beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah Louis,
0: you'll know because he's done Death and Taxes and Crawford and Son yeah. and some great places. Uh, he might do something that I'll work on someday. Ooh. 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 Anyhow. I walk into Cucciolo and one of the bartenders there just happened to be a guy that used to bartend with me over at Y Hill, Michael. And I see him. I love Michael, by the way. Yeah, He's like so great cool salt of the earth. Great dude. And he sees me. He's like, Max, what's going on? I'm like, Hey dude, I'm just here for a party. He's like, are you in the private party? I go, yeah. He's like, oh, you're a baller then. And I'm like,
1: what? He's like- All of a sudden you had more status?
0: Yeah. I was like, oh, I have no idea what's going on. He's like, oh, it's going off in there. And I open the door and my, uh, my buddy, who's celebrating his wife's birthday, he's not buying bottles of champagne. He's buying bottles of tequila. Mm. <laughs> and like- and there's like shellfish everywhere, and there's just tons of wine. And then when I get there, because he knows me as a wine guy, he's like, "Hey, uh, you're here. Good. Just order wine. Uh, order bottles of wine." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> okay. He's like, "Here," and he hands me the, the wine list. I'm like, oh, "Okay, uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's get the, let's get this. Let's get that." And I start cranking out just tons of wine. And I'm like, I, "Are we good?" And he's like, "Just yeah. Just do whatever." So, so we ran cook. a crazy tab <laughs> over there. And uh, I was looking for you, Alex, but you were knee-deep. I think you were working hard that night. You know night.
2: what's funny is, like, he came up to me. He's like, man, these guys are buying bottles of Casa <laughs> So I remember that party. Actually. Yeah. I remember that, <laughs> <afterward> that He <laughs> just remember Michael it. Gleason coming up to me. He's like, dude, yeah, they're buying bottles of it. And I was like, how drunk are they? And he was like, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, you're welcome. I I spent no money on that party at all, but I rang the check like crazy. Yeah, you drove oh, revenue. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, so you guys could be open for one extra month because of us. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and funny the part was, uh, and the guy, our friend, he rarely, he doesn't even really drink, so he drove all of us drunk idiots home. And He's as we're a guy diving, I
1: need to be friends
0: with. Oh, yeah. he is really one of the best guys in the world. Up, uh, and he goes, "Do you know how expensive that tab was?" <laughs> and I go, <laughs> "I imagine it was big." He goes it was real big and then he told me and I went oh shit and he's like yeah he's like I didn't realize it was gonna get out of the at a hand like that I go it was okay right he's like oh we're good I'm like yeah okay and then that was that but I have to say my experience it, I, I kind of felt like I was back in LA I felt like I was just doing it the right way and just there the the level of Food quality, wine quality, and service—my favorite part about all restaurant experiences—was top-notch. So, like, just public service announcement: if you're looking to have a fantastic event or just a a nice romantic dinner with your mate or whomever from some friends, that is my new favorite place to go. It was tremendous. Thank you. Thank and you. Alex, I will say, I, I I mentioned earlier, like update your Facebook profile, but we're Facebook friends. And I watched the, the food that you put out wherever you've worked when it was in Vegas. I was checking it out. I was asking if you're going to Raider games, but um, but I've seen you, you were doing some local restaurants here. Every like, I just love looking at the food you prepare because it's, it's so beautiful. And I've, I know a lot of chefs and a lot of chefs make some beautiful food, but I feel like it, there's just something extra stunning about what you do in your, your plate preparation. Care to tell us a little bit like how you approach the plate? Cause it's, it's remarkable. I, I'm very impressed.
2: Well, I mean, there's like a, there's a multitude of things that I, that go through my head when I'm creating a plate and sometimes things just kind of fall in place, you know? Um, and that was something that I learned from Giorgio when I worked with him is like that everything will find its home. Hmm. And, um, But sometimes it'll just be influence, you know, from very normal things. Like, we we have a a rabbit collergione on right now. And um, the other day, Jimmy and I were doing the Dinner with Blake Gottliff for the uh, Autism Society. Yeah. And I, I finally told Jimmy, like, how that dish even came to be. And it was, that was me just eating a black and blue burger. And it was, like, the combination of, like, Espolet and blue cheese and things like that. And I was like, you know, I would really just would love to put this into, like, a pasta dish somehow. Yeah. So, hmm. And then, like, trying to find ways to make it, you know, authentic Italian and things like that. But, you know, when it comes to um, plating and presentation, it's... It's just a feel, you know, and, you know, one of the things that, you know, I've majored in was visual arts. So that helped me out a lot in in my time. Um, But it's just, it's a multitude of things, you know, friends, influence, you know, sometimes I might see a painting that I like and, you know, that'll lead into something. And sometimes it's just, I just want to start cooking and it just, I just go with the flow, you know, so...
1: And and that just also speaks to your enthusiasm for things, which I love because it's not only about the plating, but also um, your sourcing and what I think stands out even more about Cucciolo Terraza. And uh, and and what's nice because there's a synergy between the two Cucciolos, but there's a difference. Mm-hmm. And um, you also like when I've gone to dine there. You got really exciting when you had excited when you had suckling pig and you had rabbit and you had. Um, what else did you have on the menu well you had venison which was mm-hmm. unbelievable but you're doing some unique sourcing about some game meats and other meats yeah. that you're not seeing very much in the area yeah, we, so-
2: ha- we have a wild boar agnolodion that's from day one mm. it just it took off and uh i'm really lucky to have a team in the back i've got a, a young man named hung and a, another woman named rosa and they just I mean, at this point, they produce pastas that look like we almost store bought them. Like, mm. And it's just, they're just so mechanical in a way, but they're doing them by hand. Mm. And uh, we're so fortunate to have that. But yeah, we wanted to do things a little bit differently in the kitchen. And, um, in the beginning we we fought a lot of different stigmas you know like we we had people get mad that we didn't have spaghetti and meatballs and like (laughs) you know still do I I mean I had a lady come up to the window once and she was like you're not authentic Italian because you don't have (laughs) chicken parmesan and I'm like (laughs) I don't know I don't know what you want me to say to you right (laughs) now like thanks well miss
1: that's actually a central Italian (laughs) dish and we are more
2: (laughs) it's an
0: American Italian dish that has nothing to do with traditional Italian
2: food but yeah yeah so I mean we, we dealt with those uh stigmas in the beginning a lot and i think now that you know we've been going for a little bit people kind of see what we're doing and the food has gotten a little bit more traction and uh so i think people are really starting to see like italian cuisine needs to change it is changing you know and it's ever evolving and if you go to italy right now it's it's a hot spot for you know culinary scenes so um we're just trying to basically mimic that here you know and then use my experience that I've had in cooking in places like Vegas and Florida and Chicago when I was young and growing up in that scene so we're just trying to bring that flavor here you Yeah. Know?
0: Are you doing travel have you been to Italy anytime recently at all
2: No I haven't been since uh god was it, 2000 2008 yeah, so I'll, I'm planning on going back though. I mean, Jimmy and I were actually talking about yeah. like sometime in June. He he's like, I'm going to be in Berlin. I said, you know, what? I'll meet you in Berlin. We party for one night, and then we <laughs> head down to Emilia <laughs> Romagna. And there you, you go. Know, we just eat for three days. So yeah, drink lambrusco and eat. Yeah, all day, yeah, yeah. That would be great. Yeah,
0: the Trujillos have planned that next summer we're we're starting in Puglia and working our way up Italy. Oh, we might go for a month again. Nice. So Jeez. we'll That's see. Awesome. But uh but with that said then you'll have to come with us and then, uh, <laughs> give us a roadmap map of what to do. Actually Matt you might have a lot to do with that that planning too. I could
1: help you out a little bit.
0: Yeah. Um but what I like though is so it was one thing that I appreciate you mentioned earlier like Blake Gottlieb, although he's an old man, so don't, I'm not going to add him into the same particular conversation, but uh, Kevin Ruiz and yourself, there is the next generation of chefs that's coming into at least like to this, the triangle. And, and now that we've been doing the show for five years, you know, we've we've had like we have recently had chef Scott Crawford on and he's kind of, you know, established, of course, and. And Ashley Christensen and Chidi Kumar and some fantastic local chefs in this area that have made some really, you know, crazy national buzz as well. But I'm now seeing kind of that new wave of chefs coming through. And there's a um, there's like a fearlessness that's coming with this new age of chef. And I and I really like it. It's not about doing exactly the traditional food. It's not about doing even the traditional proteins, as Matt just mentioned before, that what you're doing and I don't know. It feels like rule breaking is part of the rules now uh, of doing it however you like. Um, I, I don't know. I just it's an observation that I've I've made recently. And I'm like, I really love seeing maybe it's just like now these younger folk yourselves are are getting reinspired to do this you know fancy cuisine like that we kind of haven't had for a little while. Uh I don't know if you care to exp- like like you have like a group, you have a a clique if you will and and how does that work? And you guys like share ideas, thoughts? How does that work?
2: I mean, most of it just starts over, you know, drinks, sitting mm-hmm. at, you know, clockwork or something like that, but uh yeah. I we I, it's really funny because I had this conversation the other night with Kyle Tears and Kevin and we were sitting there. Um you, you definitely have to step out of your comfort zone if you're going to be noticed. And I think at some point when you're starting to like cross into your 30s and then you look at the years that you've been doing this, you're just like, okay i've stayed quiet long enough like mm-hmm. you know now it's kind of time for me to like step my game up yeah and like you know you kind of everybody wants to do this for a little bit of recognition you know anybody that says that they don't like
0: yeah you know, i appreciate you yeah, saying that
1: out yeah, loud yeah yeah
2: please. but we do you know um we put a lot of yeah. time you're and not immune into to this
1: instagram social media era it's no. a part of your of uh, it's and, a part
2: of existence and right? and I fought it for years Yeah, you know I was like no I'm going to be the chef that's going to be you know respected among chefs and you know I think that I've gotten a little bit of that but at the same time like you know you see your friends going up and you know you know the influence that you've had on them and them on you and so you want to just be a part of it and like you said we've had so many chefs in this area that have done so much you know Scott Crawford Ashley Christensen Ricky Moore you know yeah. and when those people speak you listen Yeah, you know yeah. And you know, I will always have respect for the chefs that have paved the way in the city. Um, but, you know, eventually the, the torch will have to be passed. Yeah. And so it, it's up to us to, like, make sure that we are keeping the food scene alive that has made this area so prominent. Yeah. Um, and that was something, like, even when I was in Las Vegas, you know, I was having conversations with guys like Todd Harrington and um, Rick Moonen, and they, they said the same things, like, About North Carolina and the Carolinas in general, that they, James Beard almost had to create its own category. Just for how many chefs were coming out of here. Yeah. You know, and like that list. You don't even fit in the Southeast anymore. No. Took it over. I mean, we're just dominating, you know. Yeah. Sorry, Tennessee. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's like it makes you proud of the Carolinas. We have some of the best agriculture in the world, in my opinion, you know. Mm -hmm. And then some of the people here are just so passionate about foraging and cultivation. So um, we have an advantage here that most people don't have and yeah it's like and i think with chefs like ashley christensen and andrea rusing and things like that like they've influenced so much of the product sourcing and ethical farming practices you yep. know so um it just gives us a little bit more passion for the food and care
1: so yeah. and i think that's for me just uh, uh, as an adult observer that's really the difference is the passion and the inspiration like when i see you guys out and i don't get out much but like i've happened to like run into you and kevin a couple times that you're talking about and like every time i see you guys you guys are talking about the dishes you're making or yeah, the dishes you're thinking about yeah like with and, food. And the enthusiasm yeah. and the passion is really is really present and yeah. that's exciting
2: yeah and and we all feed feed off of each other you know i mean bobby McFarlane, i mean mm-hmm. that guy probably facilitates more passionate conversations than anyone that i i know because he's just kind of a guy that like makes you start think like to think Mm. you know and then it just kind of snowballs from there um but bobby's
0: been like moving in the shadows right now but company
2: chef now as yeah. he's called it
0: he's yeah company but he's chef. been moving in the sh- he's doing a lot right now he is. he's doing all the work over in Utah right now with uh with the Boris brothers he's opened up a few restaurants out there and then Wy Hill and they've got a new project that they're doing as well so Bobby is uh is definitely part of that team but like you wouldn't know because he hides in the shadows like you're yeah. like wait what where's Bobby it's like yeah he's just uh he's doing a whole lot more than you yeah, know. yeah' just
2: steady making moves and doesn't tell anybody about anything no, yeah no. well he does but, if you talk to him but yeah you gotta get yeah. it yeah, yeah.
1: Um, how did you guys get together? How did you guys come? come you across and Jimmy, each other? you're saying, not Bobby, yeah. but
2: yeah. I uh, walked in and said hi.
1: <laughs> is that really like no. you heard he was opening?
3: And yeah, yeah like I was, I was on the ladder, just, I was, putting uh, some light bulbs on, and yeah. he just walked in. Yeah, oh, wow. that's what we meant.
2: I was just walking by, and like I saw the restaurant, <laughs> and I was like, oh, what is this? And uh, I just popped in, and I saw it was under construction, and I just was like, hello, how you doing? <laughs> and he was <laughs> like. What's going on? What a novel. Who are you? He was, like, uh, was like, you, you want to work? And I was like, sure. Yeah. I'll see you uh, t- on Tuesday. And then like I just came in with my knives and we just started cooking. And um, I think it, at first uh, there was like the idea that there's like a perfect recipe to making a restaurant you know and then once we were in north hills it was just a different demographic and so not everything worked you know based on the kitchen's layout and stuff like that so i just say not everything worked you mean from the original the original menu like you know the way it was set up and things like that so had you eaten
1: at the previous or at Osteria?
2: i had i had okay i had once um yeah, that was a long time ago. But then, you know, I went over there and, and worked for, I think it was only one day that I worked yeah, over there. Yeah, you didn't spend much time. No, there. I didn't spend much time there at all. <laughs> but we were just so, you know, in the weeds over at Terraza. So I just told Jimmy, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll help you get it straight and underway. And then just one thing led into another. And then one day, Jimmy pulls me in the office and he's like, hey, I need you to be my chef. And I'm like, Okay. All right. Like, this is what we And this do. is the guy
3: who came in. He was like, I don't want any responsibility. I just want to <laughs> keep my head down and cook. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I mean, I did. I wanted to take a break <laughs> for a little bit because, so, you know, eventually you just realize that this is such an encompassing job. And like you said, every time you're out, you're talking about dishes. Every time you're out, you're talking about kind of, like, status. Sometimes it gets old, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I just wanted – but I I also can't sit at home. Right. Like, I just can't do that. Yeah. So – Um, Yeah, but it's different when you're actually cooking and working versus the chef and managing people and payroll. Exactly. (laughs) And, you know, you're also dealing with so many different personalities. And, you know, the one thing about Jimmy and I, I think that just from day one, it was just good synergy. Mm -hmm. You know, we work well together. Um, And he's not a, a restaurant owner that will it will not admit when he's you know wrong and so that's been something Uh that's been huge like (laughs) like,
0: wait wait i didn't sign on for that one (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) sorry jimmy but
2: no i mean and from day one he's just been so receptive to ideas and that's i think that's why we've grown so rapidly um it's just that mutual respect for each other and we can actually tell each other like you know the problems that are happening and we find solutions you know
0: that was so. a that was a thought I had. Is I'd like to know about um, for one, like the culture that you're you're kind of creating in your in your kitchen, and also just Jimmy too. For one, well, for two, I should say, you're from Korea, but then also from Europe, and you're you already created a restaurant in Durham. So then, with all of your experience connected with Alex's experience, what is the kind of internal culture of Cuciolo Terraza, and and what's it like in the kitchen? there like comparatively you know to what we know about traditional kitchens and
3: kind of in a fine dining scale? Well uh, I think COVID made things a little harder to really try to build a culture but Mm. I think we're finally getting there. I mean my philosophy is that you know restaurant is a especially in a restaurant business is a team effort and it's not a one-man show so you kind of have to really get people who are responsible and enjoy working together And they trust each other. And you just sometimes have to let them do what they're best at. Because, um, you know, you cannot control everything. And so um, we always try to adapt to the people we have Mm -hmm. and kind of let them fly. That's kind of my philosophy. It's like... Another football reference, right? Like you have the coaches who, you.
1: I want you to be in my system and you're going to run my system. Or I see your talents and I'm going to highlight and run the system around you. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I hear that in there because it sounds like, and tell me if I'm wrong, that when it was started, I assume your idea was, well, we're just going to do the same menu and the same concept and bring it to North Hills. So actually not the same menu, but similar. Yes, similar. definitely. Yeah. Yeah, but, but, but then you saw Alex, Alex's talents and his passion and you're like hmm, I think we could do something really different here.
3: Yeah. And also the design is very different. The market is very different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's few of those facts that I wasn't aware or I didn't know before actually opening the restaurant. So uh, we had to make a lot of quick adjustments. And same thing in Durham for that matter. When mm-hmm. I first opened, I envisioned a much more casual place. But the team I had in the front of the house could... Uh, the managers actually came from the fine dining background, so they from day one implemented a lot of those uh, more details uh, of fine dining. So it's like, why should I change? Yeah, let Go them with do. What's yeah, yeah. So and
1: uh, I'll, I'll take a moment to shout out one of your uh, your director of beverage and the general GM over in Durham, mm-hmm. uh, Andrew Robinson, yeah. who I work with pretty closely, and I love that also. Uh, and then Sean over at Terraza does a yeah. great job too, but uh, but but. That speaks to my wheelhouse, the wines, because Mm -hmm. the wine lists and what sells on wine, what I see, works very differently at both places. So it is really an interesting demographic that's, I don't know, what, like 18 miles apart, 20 miles apart, but yet it's very different. uh, North Hills,
0: having run a restaurant in North Hills for three years, I know that clientele really well and uh they they'll eat the crazy food they'll Mm. do the bizarre stuff they're not afraid to throw down some money for something Mm -hmm. uh but their expectations are extremely high yeah you've got to satisfy they i would say the north hills clientele is more worldly like these are business people that travel to new york and to la and to vegas so they have that expectation of what they want Mm -hmm. and you've got capital grill right next door and you've got you know but you're getting
1: it now right with Rosewater being there, yeah. you guys are there. Yeah. Giorgio's is opening up more. I don't yeah. know. Maybe you're opening up more, Jimmy. You can you can let it. You can release uh, it now. It's too early. Too too early. early. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> something works. But
0: by, by the way, this is to Scott Crawford right now. If you're listening, Scott, you sat here for two hours, he talked to
2: tell us about didn't
0: tell us about the RDU project that you were doing. How, how dare, dare you, Scott? Yeah. But congratulations too. Yeah. 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 That was yeah.
2: that was crazy when I heard about that. I mean, that like, was so no un, nobody had any idea. Yeah. Yeah, he just like pulled that out. in the making, yeah. like, what? <laughs> Where did this come from? Seriously. <laughs> it sure oh, it's great.
1: But that's exciting, right? That's, yeah. that's super no, cool. that is cool. He's but doing that. No, what I'm saying is, you know, those North Hills people that you're talking about that have wanted it and, uh, and yearned for it, they're now getting it in spades because so yeah. many new great uh, restaurants... Individual Mm -hmm. owners like yourselves, not not franchises, are opening unique restaurants there.
0: Yeah, it's crazy how much is being developed in that specific area. Um, So, but getting back into the culture thing, I want to drive a little bit more into deeper in. Like, I guess what I'm saying is, when we look at like a fine dining restaurant, you think about that like French kind of brigade system. And is it quiet in your kitchen? Do you play music in your kitchen? Do you? Do people speak? Do you, uh, is the word yes chef used, the words yes chef used very often in your kitchen?
2: I mean, the words yes chef are used, but you know, at the same time, um, anybody who's worked with me like knows that I have like a pretty decent sense of humor and it never really stops. Um, may I'm actually the one that will go too far sometimes, you know, <laughs> but you know, we. <laughs> We have a saying, like, in the kitchen, and we just basically stole it from Fast and Furious. We're like, nothing stronger than family. So you'll just, like, hear me in the background, like, yelling, family! <laughs> and, like, I'm running around laminating photos of Vin Diesel, like, slapping them <laughs> on the walls. Just and, living like... life a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yeah. like, I got a I got a kid named Codero um, who – he he's an auto mechanic by trade, you know, originally. And he had never cooked before but he's like grown into being like one of our best line cooks and still has honestly,
0: greasy hands though. Just so you yeah. Know. Yeah, absolutely. No, just and
2: he's, he's like, he's, he's such an interesting person. Um, but you know, one day, you know, he comes in and he just like gives me like a, like a little toy Supra. Like, and he's like, I'm gonna keep, I'm like, I'm going to keep this here. This is the, now the kitchen car. Yeah. Um, so I mean, we just, we just all get along. We all joke while you know the french brigade system and all that thing all that stuff works um it's just not how i choose to run my kitchen you know i want people to have a good time i want people to feel like they work with me not for me Mm -hmm. um and that's how i've gotten the best results and and when i was younger um i was probably a little bit more of a hard ass and i believed in that system and that Mm -hmm. whole escoffier like brigade thing and but Truth be told, I think that that's just dying. I think that that system is dying. I think it's not conducive to a creative atmosphere. And, I wonder. Uh, it's though, a different for-
3: generation too, in terms of uh, society in general. Yeah. Yeah. Those yeah. days are, uh, I think, they're gone. Yeah. yeah, like you need to have them buy into what you're trying to do, rather than just just telling them that yeah. you need to do this. Yeah. 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 And so and the one I,
0: thing yeah. I appreciated though in that brigade system, because it's very military militaristic, is there was a um, Did it there's come- a- max what let it go (laughs) no i'm I'm saying and i think it actually might come back because i see where there is a need um people want to be recognized and they want to be uh listened heard Mm -hmm. and they want to be appreciated for what they do and in the brigade system even though you're like quiet and whatever you get ranks and then you're here for a while and then now you're the chef de tornade and now you are the chef the sautier and like you become an owner of a thing Mm -hmm. and it's all about these types of, like, um, it's discipline, but then it's also reward, and and it's how people kind of step up. And Mm -hmm. we've been doing it for so long where, like, no one has a title. It's like there's a chef, and then there's just a bunch of cooks. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, with that really formal design... I see there being value in that again because people are like, I want to step out and I want to be known as like mm-hmm. I do more than just the next guy next to me or the gal over here. Like I'm doing this, and so I could see there being a little bit of that from just observation. I don't know if I'm. Totally no, no, wrong. no,
2: not at all. Um, I, and we do have that, you know there there are the tears, you know, and and we talk about it with line cooks all the time, and we definitely encourage uh, healthy competition. Like, we, I've got like two guys, uh, Charlie and Chris, and throughout the service, they are just constantly talking shit to each other. Like, yeah, you see what I'm doing? I'm doing it better than you. Like, they're like, (laughs) pick up the speed. And it's, it's really funny because it's, it's just banter. And, you know, they're kind of harassing each other, but they're harassing each other to be better. Yeah. Yeah. And it's playful. It's good. And, and we do reward that, you know? Um, and you, know, um, my my chef uh, over there, Ryan. He's he's just like constantly encouraging it and instigating it, and it's it's great because we like our walk-in is spotless at this point. Like at all times, the tables are always clean. Yeah, you know the kitchen is silver, and it's like there's just a new way you right. know and like it goes back to that statement that i said it's like i think people just want to work with us rather than for us mm. i and think that's a great that's, way to say it. it it's created this like hey like maybe i do want to be a chef mm. like maybe this is fun yeah um and you know i love seeing like the light bulb now and i think i'm like at that age and i have the experience now where it's, like, i can see it as a chef and uh I, when I was younger coming up, like I can understand where chefs were hard on me because I had chefs, you know, that hurled pans at me and, you know, cussed yeah. me out, told me to get out of the kitchen. And then when Name I got them. out, uh, <laughs> yeah. well, stay away from the floor, I guess, but you know, <laughs> tell me to get out and then like chase after me 30 seconds later, like, what the f- are you doing? Like, get your ass back in the kitchen. it's like, you just told me to leave. Yeah. They're like, don't listen to me. And I'm like, I don't know what you <laughs> want, man. But... Uh, now, I think, you know, we're creating systems that just get people more intrigued in food. And I'm not going to lie. This is probably the hardest generation of line cooks I've ever seen mm-hmm. there. It's it's a tough code to break, you know, and get them excited and get them to want to do the work. I think that there's a little bit of complacency in the industry right now. Um, and I'm just trying to find that that bridge to, like, bring better line cooks into the system again, you know, and get them trained, because after us, it's going to have to be someone else. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a, so.
0: I, It was I was lamenting about this with uh, Elizabeth yesterday. I'm like, did the industry change? Am I the old guy or? Yes. Or. <laughs> Middle or like, age. <laughs> but no, it's like 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 I want to say that. I don't think I changed. I think the industry changed. Yeah. I think the the, the the environment changed. The expectations have changed. I think the pandemic had a huge effect on it, I think, because people were not doing anything and got used to not doing anything for a year and a half to two years. They are, like, dipping their toes back into uh, an environment that now they need to spend hours and hours of their day and their week. Uh in a spot. So they're like, I'm not going to go anywhere unless it is exactly what I want. And that never was the case to begin with. Like, it's called work. It's not Mm. called play. Yeah. So uh, like there is a part of it where you kind of just have to go, hey, man, it's it's time to get get to work. And sometimes it's going to be a little rough and it's not going to be your favorite thing. But you also get rewarded by being paid to be here. And and also learning a trade or a craft. So I don't know. I mean, it's it's tough. I, I do kind of feel like the old guy that's like having a hard time adjusting with it. But I don't think I'm alone in this no, no. Uh, environment of trying to build a, a team.
2: No, and, you, and you touched on it. I mean, the fact that people got to sit at home, especially line cooks, that – you know they're used to making five, maybe six hundred dollars a week, and all of a sudden they're making a thousand dollars a week from sitting at home during the right. pandemic, and they're like, "Oh well, now we're seeing a taste of real money." And it's like, "Well, to be honest with you, if you Party's think a thousand dollars a week is real money, then you have bigger issues than the industry, man." Right. Um. So, you know, yeah, now it's time. It's hard to get those people back in, and hopefully, the ones that uh, spent their money correctly or, you know, onto better things, you know, and if the ones that are not, and they just sat around drinking for a year and now they're just sitting there on their asses, like still acting like we, you know, owe them something. It's like, listen, yeah. people need to eat. Inflation's going to take that money
1: away anyway. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's, <clears throat> I, well, I don't know. Well, no,
1: I think, you, I think Jimmy, you said it. it's a new generation. And uh, the irony of course, is that in a good way for some. Uh, line cooks are being paid more than they ever were before, oh, but yeah, it's a yeah. new generation, so it's like that should entice them. However, I think uh, the main difference is people are not blind mice anymore. You can't; it's not a army system where you can just say do this because I told you so. You have to tell them why, mm-hmm. and by telling yeah. them why, you get them to buy in. Mm-hmm. And so I see it as young as like you know I'm dealing with a, my son is in kindergarten, and uh, and uh, you know. He he doesn't just accept no I do this just because you said so I do this why 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 do I need to learn this why is this helping me and I think that's instilled in in, in our culture and for better or for worse and I think although people of our age might have a difficult time middle age guys um, I, I think that maybe it is for the better because uh, ultimately once you're working for the same team, as opposed to just, oh, I'm doing something because you told me to, or I'm pushing your dream along, uh, ultimately, everyone's going to be better for it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, we're getting there. It's going to take a moment to get to that. Uh, well, that... And,
1: and I mean, yeah. good. look how long it's taken us to get the people in the kitchen higher paid. To, and it's still not balanced in any sense. And this is from a front of the house guy. Like. It, 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 we're finally getting to a point where that that wage is is becoming more balanced between mm-hmm. front of the house and back yeah. of the house people, which I think is a great thing for our industry. Yeah.
0: That remind me, chef, uh, are are ninety percent of the problems still front of the house related? <laughs> there,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to stay quiet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good to know some things haven't changed, yet. yeah. It's gotten down it to 85%. A, you, haven't
0: put, you haven't put cigarettes out on the arms as they cross over the line, like our, uh, our, our no. good chef has done. No, I'm not Marco Pierre whining. <laughs> <Marco anybody> <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah. Remember, I think maybe we were on that post, somebody was talking about that. I was laughing about that. They're like, that is just not cool. This, don't sensationalize the way chefs were, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, let it go, bro. It was just... That's that was that's a point was, was made then. It's not to like embrace that that's the way we want it now.
2: Yeah, I hate when people infer that I'm an alcoholic while I drink my whiskey. You know? <laughs> 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 as- well, so
0: so because you are uh, of this new school, and we've talked about uh, Kevin as well, and we'll have uh, Chef Kevin Ruiz on the show soon. But I'd like to know, like, what is. Uh, what do we? Sh- what should these middle-aged men over here and everybody else listening? What? Who should we be looking at? What's What's happening in this uh, new realm of food and dining and drinks and and whatever? Is there anything that like is really catching your eye? This goes to both of you because you're both in the scene. And Jimmy, you're there both in Durham and in Raleigh. So, mm-hmm. is there any other restaurants in the area or spaces that really uh, are exciting you?
2: Well, I think, you know, obviously Bendito is going to be huge yeah. in my opinion. It's taking
0: over I mean. the old high-top burger yeah. location. Yeah.
2: yeah, and, you know, uh, when we needed help and, and when I was in putting out a new menu, I called Kevin immediately and I was just like, hey, I know you're waiting. Like, will you come help me? And he... Mm-hmm you know, without hesitation, it was like, yes, I got you. And so I'm going to go over there and help him. And I told him, I said, I don't care if I have to work seven days a week until you find line cooks or whatever, like Bendito will be successful. So I think that that's going to be a huge one. Um, anything that Bobby works on is going to be good, yeah. you know, obviously. So um and you Other said it earlier,
1: that. I haven't eaten his food actually there, but uh, you mentioned Kyle Tears. I'm interested yeah. to hear what he, he's at the helm of uh, St. Jacques, yep.
0: which is under new ownership. You and
2: know, I'm, I don't think I knew that. Yeah. Kyle,
0: you're at St. Jacques. Yeah. Where have I been all this, this time? Yeah. So, yeah.
2: You know, and it's funny, like I met Kyle in Asheville, actually, okay. when he was back at Strata. And the other day when we were doing the, the autism dinner, he like had reminded me of that. And I was like, holy shit, like it's been that long. Like, and uh, we've always just kind of known each other like through reputation. And, uh, you know, he, he informed me of, you know, some things like St. Jock's only got like two years left on the lease. And then there might be something I'm not going to speak on that. Uh, cause you know, you just I did, but well, you're not gonna. <laughs> I'm not going to speak on anything further than he said, but right. cause I'll let him, you know, speak for, but yeah. I think, you know, he's, He's always been known as as a really great talent He was at whiskey kitchen well, for so long you know? that's where locals yeah. would have known him yeah yeah and you know all of those guys that you know we worked with at the dinner were just uh, they all the food was amazing. you know the guy
0: and, that listens to the show more than anybody is Justin He yeah. was there. Justin and I Justin Wright worked with me over at uh, Standard Foods. He's probably listening right now. hey, hey, justin. hey but,
2: justin but uh
0: and he does a fantastic job too he's down he's out there in um Kinston, the chef and the farmer.
2: Yeah. And the, you know, and then Saif, Saif has always been a pretty big influencer, you know, here, even though, you know, for a while he he went under the radar as well. You know, he kind of just kept his head down and his knife moving. Um, But I think, you know, everything he's been doing at Vidrio, it's starting to really like, being noticed and I mean you always go there it's it's a fantastic meal so I mean those are the guys that you know I was I always associate with and then you know obviously Oscar at Cortez is oh yeah know, anything the guy puts out is fucking delicious though. So. Yeah. You know. I
0: love that we're we're getting back to chef driven restaurants, right? Like yeah. just, just reeling yeah. off all those names makes me more inspired because I feel like for a long time, no offense to all my pit masters and my, my barbecue guys, but like all of last year and the year before, it's like we were talking barbecue because yep. that's all that was existing for a while. It's mm-hmm. like it was curbside and it was mm-hmm. food that could be easily takeoutable and all yep. that. And it's like, now can we get back to using a goddamn plate?
2: And I felt like a couple of years prior to that, it was like every Everybody was focusing on diners, mm. you know, and, and it was like everybody was taking that like pools influence. And right. It's like, oh, I want to do another diner style concept. And yeah. Like, like a, a
0: chicken and waffles and, and yeah. doing real easy yeah, fare. It's, it's
2: like, yeah, and it's like it's great. Hey, it's like
0: let's yeah. flex. Yeah. yeah, Let's be chefs again. Mm, yeah. But also, Max, let's not forget about barbecue because <laughs> you and I. <laughs> oh, well, this is totally different. This had nothing to do with the other thing that I was talking about.
1: Creating an awesome event that incorporates Bubbles and brisket. You yeah. heard about it at the top of the show, but it bears needing reminders. Uh, June 4th at Smoky Hollow in downtown Raleigh. Get your tickets now because there's 11 Q Chefs and 21. And there might be actually, I might be adding a couple more. Adam bubbles and champagne for you to drink and it's a one ticket price you come in it's all day 2 to well 2 to 6 it's 2 to
0: 6 but all that's all you drinking. need
1: there's there's music we'll be doing live podcasting it's going to be a good time we folks. have
0: non-alcoholic beverages as well we even have the sober driver ticket too so yeah. if you want to just come in you don't want to drink or you just want to be the person that helps take all your silly friends home you can get a ticket for you too you got kids prices as well so it's really going to be fun for everybody come check it out so so how do i get tickets max you don't know? I don't know. How do I do it? Wait, the co-host of the NCFB doesn't know how to get uh, tickets. I have a
1: ticket already, so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, go to our website. Go to ncfbpodcast.com. It's right there on the main page. You can check it out there. You can look in our show notes or anywhere. And also, all of our chef friends that are a part of it are, have been posting like crazy, too. So if you see all those beautiful little posts on social media, click the link. Buy some tickets. Enjoy. Share with friends. It's going to be a great time. I'm excited. And, and before be we get awesome. out of here... Gents, we got to send you home with a little bit of ice cream, a little bit of ice cream that has a little alcohol in it. Talking about proof alcohol ice cream. Mm -hmm. Think differently about dessert. There's a 7% ABV in every pint of ice cream, so you can get flavors like bourbon caramel or coconut rum, strawberry moonshine. But we'll send you home with some of that as well, as well as some of the Joe Van Gogh coffee. uh, You can get that proof alcohol mm
1: -hmm. ice cream at Triangle Wine Company, which is a great friend of the show and will be providing all of the bubbles or a lot of the bubbles at Bubbles and Brisket. Uh, Triangle Wine Company has four locations. They're out in Southern Pines, they're in Cary, they're in North Raleigh and in Holly Springs, my neck of the woods. Um, They have great tap rooms and all your beer mixers and of course wine needs they have. Use the NCFB promo code for a nice discount and, uh, and yeah. Yeah. Do you guys have anything that we need to plug? Any other dinners coming up or new menu changes that we want to mention here?
2: I think that we... Are we doing the wine tasting on Thursday? Is
1: that you? You and I are tasting wine. Or you and the crew are tasting wine on Thursday, yeah? For the wine
3: dinner next month or something like that? I think that's something that's going to be going on. That's with... uh, not with Matt. No, oh, that's, yeah, that's what the pet, that's what the better wine is. Yeah, rabbit, you should <laughs> cancel that right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but I will be there on Thursday. Sorry. But Matt. we should definitely talk about doing a wine dinner. That'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. yeah.
1: Alright. Yeah. Let's do it. But uh well we'll promote that when it happens. But yeah. until then, go to uh, Cucciola Osteria or go to Cucciola Terraza in North Hills, and you will eat and drink extremely well.
0: Thanks for listening to the GNC podcast. And if you've stuck with us this long, review us on iTunes and remember, five stars are encouraged.